Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to The Passing Shot, the tennis catch-up podcast serving you with the latest news, gossip and results from the ATP and WTA circuit and British tennis. Ready? Play. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, Passing Shotters, and welcome to the latest episode of your tennis catch-up show. Uh, Today on the show, we are talking the first week of the US Open. Uh, We're going to be talking men's singles, women's singles, doubles, all the controversy, all the big moments. We're going to cover everything from week one at Flushing Meadow. But before we get into all that, as always, my name is Joel, and I would like to introduce to you my tennis partner in crime all the way from the isles of spain in mallorca it's kim how are you hi yeah good evening um yeah not bad not bad at all just been watching a bit of uh, rafa's uh fourth round match this evening as we're recording yeah so yeah uh we are yeah we're recording at the moment it's uh sunday evening uh fourth round matches uh have got underway um, for people looking to get into obviously the quarterfinals into the second week, um, but yeah, today's episode we're going to look back on the first three rounds and yeah, all the moments to do with that. And the way we're going to split it up is we're going to go from we're going to talk about men's singles, then the women's singles, then we're going to talk about the doubles, and then any other business. So let's crack on. So first of all, let's talk about the men's singles draw. Um, now, we did predictions in the show, in our preview show, and I think the only thing I got right, Kim, was the fact that I said <laughs> Novak Federer quarterfinal, which I think is the only, that's the closest thing to a sure <laughs> thing I think I got at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's still going to happen because who are they playing? Zhao Souser and John Millman, both of whom Unseated. are lovely players, but aren't going to really trouble either of Novak and Fed. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't foresee that. And yeah, so I'm Federer, Djokovic, they both look good so far. You know, Djokovic has had a, a few tests, but um, yeah, I firmly expect that to be quarterfinal. Uh, yeah, qu- one of the quarterfinals. Moving on to kind of other players in the draw who haven't done so well. You know, last episode we talked about the Lendl effect. What effect is Lendl going to have on Alex Zverev? <laughs> and oh. what is what is the Lendl effect? Same. Well, same... it hasn't <laughs> it hasn't materialised yet, has it? <laughs> on uh, Alex Zverev. Um, what he went out in four sets to Philip Col- Kohlschreiber. Yeah, I mean Kohlschreiber. Is, you know, Kohlschreiber I mean, is a decent player. player. He's a decent player. Yeah. Uh, he's got that experience yeah. to kind of you know play the big matches and. But yeah, I mean, Zverev should be doing better than going out in round three. 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think time time really needs a bit more work with Lendl. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what he does in Australia. But I do feel that, you know, with, he's going to be a bit like Grigor, isn't he? Maybe just never quite reaching. Yeah. I mean, I know he's still really, really young, but I just feel like he should have broken through already at Slam. Yeah. Well, I mean, his calendar, I was seeing his calendar... Um, his Grand Slam results in the season have been, I think, third round, third round, quarterfinal, third round. And again, there just seems to be that there's something blocking him making the second week of a Grand Slam. And he should be, you know, he's a, he's a dude enough player that it should be, he should be able to be doing that consistently. Shouldn't just be kind of like a one-off. So, yeah, I think... Yeah, effect, we know he's... Yeah, I know. And it's, uh, he's sort of mentally really gone away in the slam matches that he has lost. So, and we know he can pull it together. You know, he's won Master Series, so it's not like he can't beat the top yeah. players. But I don't know exactly. if it's like a five-set kind of thing. You know, it's just exactly. a mental block. So we'll see what Lendl will do. But I mean, I had predicted him, I think, to get to the semi. So another <laughs> uh, prediction horribly wrong. Uh, and then moving on to... Vavrinka as well, not Warinka, Vavrinka. Um, yeah, right now. Again, I was I was touting him as my kind of person to watch. I thought he had good form, you know, from Cincinnati in the Rogers Cup. Beat Dimitrov very like comfortably in the first round, and I thought, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, one of my predictions actually might uh, come to fruition. But then he goes and loses in straight sets to Rayanich. Yeah, I know. Straight sets is kind of surprising, to be honest. I know. Um, but maybe he's not quite quite there yet. I mean, my my prediction for that uh, call show was John Isner. And can I say he is yeah. still going? Yeah. He's still going strong, although I think he's now playing Ranich, um, That tomorrow. When I saw that when I saw that in the draw, I, yeah, in today, yeah. When I when I saw that in the draw, I literally thought Isner this could be Isner Anderson part two at the US Open. <laughs> um, I'm expecting to see a lot of tie breaks, no, no breaks of serve, get to the fifth set, uh, get to the fifth set already. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll, but we'll see. Yeah, just, just we'll make see. the fifth set tie break. <laughs> exactly. But we'll, but we'll see. Tie break. <laughs> um, like, uh, we're in the Wimbledon match again. It was, I can't even remember. It just went on and on and on. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, um, yeah, unfortunately, Anderson's out. Yeah, I know Anderson is out. He lost. Uh, he lost today to Dominic Team. Yeah. So I mean, no one was talking about Dominic Team. I think we'd all sort of forgotten no. he reached the final. Well, to be to be honest, uh, I had forgotten he he plays tournaments that aren't clay tournaments. So um, yeah, very 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 impressed. And also, he he was pushed really hard earlier in the week. I can't remember who it was, but he was taken to five sets. Um, against someone um, but he um, yeah he's in the second week I think it's his first quarter final of a Grand Slam that isn't on clay so con- yeah congrats to him yeah well done <laughs> looking and then we've at, got yeah he looking at Nadal through Basilashvili mm. um, they're on court at the moment um, I mean, Rafa was looked like he was just going to win that in three sets, but then Basilashvili, great sounding name, um, just came back and got the tie break. So, 
but he's a break i think he's a break up in the fourth at the moment so yeah. i should uh, expect him to it's win that but i think we should be talking about his match before was a was a very yeah. stern test test against uh karen kachanov of russia lasted four and a half hours some like almost squeaky bum time moments in that in that uh, i think it was in that third set tie break what was it set like a 39 shot rally up there with you know points of, points of the tournament so far you know very stern test it almost exceeded i was actually very surprised um Kachinov was able to last and keep um keep nadal you know almost keep nadal on to- on his toes on edge for you know four high quality sets yeah, he never went away as well. Like he kept his level mm. consistent, which is impressive. So I think that's kind of, you know, he's, if you hadn't heard of Kachanov before, like you will now. And, you know, people will certainly look out for him. Yeah. Um, and I think one with thing, a... one player. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think with, you know, a lot of the guys you'll see who are, you know, I think Kachanov is six foot six. And anyone who's six foot five plus. I, you know, I think initially I always wonder, OK, yeah, you've got a big serve and that's going to get you a lot of free points. But what else do you have to your game? And I think with Kachinov, you know, you see a lot of different elements to his game. It's not just kind of, you know, a quick serve and a, and a few free points, you know, get to a tiger, get to a tie break and see what happens. But he does have other tools to work with and for such a, you know, for such a big guy. His mobility around the court, his movement around the court is exceptional. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of, you know, just big servers. Um, people like, you know, Sam Groth, who just sort of like mm. bangs down a ace after ace, or Karlovich, you know. Um, but yeah, he's definitely got more to his game than that. And um, no, it was, it was a really, really good match. Um, a bit stressful for Rafa fans, but, you know, he came through. He came um, through. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure physically how he's doing though, so I'm not um, maybe as confident going towards the second week as I was before. But we will see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then moving on uh, to let's talk about let's talk about Kyrgios. Nick Kyrgios, Kyrgios, Kyrgios. I'm sure some some might call me out for this, but <laughs> um, he he had an interesting uh, he had an interesting U.S. Open uh, this year. Yeah, um, I mean, he, first wow. of all, first of all, he seemed to be on he seemed to be on social media as much as he was on court. He literally was on, you know, commenting and bantering with Andy on Instagram, you know, having um, conversations and developing his bromance with Ben Rothenberg, um, you know, tennis <laughs> tennis journal, US tennis journalist um, on Twitter. Um, and be, and all that, yeah. He was he had a few interesting matches. So we say um, one of the kind of moments coming out of the U.S. Open so far, off court. Um, well, I say off court during one of the changeovers in his second round match with uh, Pierre Hughes Herbert was he was a set and three love down. And the umpire, Mohamed uh, Layani, essentially gave him a pep talk. He gave him like almost coaching advice because he said, you know, I know you can play better than this. 
this is you know this is what you need to do and it felt like i don't know it felt more of a yeah it was a conversation as opposed to come on you can do better than this if not i can bring on the trainer or whatever um and it got picked up it, yeah it got picked up in the media i don't know do you have any thoughts on it yeah i mean i think i think nick was the uh, recipient of you know some favoritism by Mole, not not in terms of you know. I don't think he's a biased umpire. I just think he. We all know that Nick Kyrgios is capable of doing more than what he was doing in that match. So I think kind of for the benefit of the stadium and the audience and the everyone watching and the tournament, you know, Mole was just kind of like, "Come on, I know you're not putting your effort into this, mm. and we want a match." But yeah, that is that is not in the rule book. <laughs> um, <laughs> and umpires yeah. can't do that essentially. Um, I think he's got off pretty lightly because, I mean, he could have been banned from the tournament. But I think the USTA have just come out and sort of... Give him know, a warning, sort of, slap on the wrist. Yeah, I think he was back umpiring like the next day. Um, so, yes, a bit of controversy. And I do think if it had been any other player, I don't think Mole would have got off his chair and done that. Um, mm. I know Federer said, interestingly, that if he'd have been playing him and that had happened, he would have you know not accepted it at all. Um, but I guess Pierre Hughes Herbert, however you say his name, um, I don't know. I mean, I know he released a statement particularly fair, but I mean, yeah. it's just, he, who knows? Kyrgios might have come back anyway. He's so up and down. Yeah, well, he, he said he said that it didn't have an effect on his performance. But when you're a set and three love down and then winning four sets, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of for me it's kind of hard to you know you put two and two together and it's kind of hard to agree with that statement I completely agree with you know Hughes Herbert came out and said you know he was really angry actually really unhappy at the situation I actually saw he he was actually more unhappy with the USTA statement but um I I think that Leani I think for me he was almost speaking he was speaking as a fan, you know, if I'm watching on TV and I'm seeing, you know, Kyrgios, you know, tanking a couple of points or whatever, and I'm thinking, come on, man, you can do better. I've seen you're such a talented guy, da, 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 all this kind of stuff. And I think almost Leani overstepped that line between umpire and fan. And yeah, he, he, he was trying to get, you know, he was trying to create a competitive, you know, competitive matchup, which all the fans obviously want to see. But in doing so, it, yeah, he was kind of he was stepping over the line, and actually, that's not you know that's not an umpire's that's not an umpire's that's not an umpire's job. So, uh, yeah, very very interesting. I I know that yeah he he got let off kind of lightly with with just a warning, but it's it's created some great banter again on social media. I saw Andy say um, to say to Kyrgios on Instagram, when are you gonna? announce uh, Mohamed Leani as your next coach because Kyrgios doesn't have a coach at the moment. Um, so there's all this kind of, I find it quite funny and how it, it kind of, it gets, it gets people, it gets people talking at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, that'd be one of those things. I've never really seen, seen that happen before. So mm. um, yeah, it'd be interesting if, you know, I mean, I'm sure Mole's learned his lesson after yeah. all of that. So. And Moving on to another Australian, uh, Alex Dimonor. He is kind of, an up, again, one of those upcoming 
juniors in that same bracket as Kyrgios and Shonakis um, and Jordan Thompson as well. He took Silic to five sets. Uh, I think that was last night. Um, he was he saved six match points. Was Silic was five two up, brought it back to five all in the, in the fifth set. So again, very kind of promising Australian junior who I think is more kind of get your heads down. I just want to play tennis to focus on my game. And you know, over the last yeah. over the last year or so, he's you know shot up the rankings. Yeah, he does seem to be much more focused on his tennis, um, unlike the antics of, you know, Kyrgios and Bernard Tomic and yeah. <laughs> other Aussies. I know Leighton Hewitt um, has been working a bit with Alex Diminor. Um, I saw him play on the grass courts earlier in the year. So, um, but no, he's really promising. Um, he's yeah. a good prospect. And, uh, he did but, so well against Chilich. Yeah, and it'll be... I mean, Silic, Chilich, whatever, he is just kind of manoeuvring himself through the draw. You know, we know he's, you know, he's a former US Open champion. So he's definitely someone to be reckoned with going into, going into the second week. Um, so moving on to, let's talk, let's talk about Brits. Let's talk about the male Brits. We had Cam Norrie, oh. we had Carl Edmund, we had Andy Murray. I th- it, right. If there was one word for you for you to describe the ma- the male Brits in US Open 2018, what would it, what would it be? Oh, well, I want to say maybe mediocre, but I think that is a bit harsh because I w- I wasn't really expecting Andy to go any further than Vadasco's second round. Um, Cam Norrie did well, although yeah. I think he could have gone further. Um, I, and I Kyle, 100% agree. Kyle, <laughs> To say the least. Yeah, I I mean, my word to sum it up would be, I think, disappointed. I think, I know that's quite strong. Um, but yeah, I think, obviously, let's let's start with, let's start with Kyle, first of all. And then we'll talk about Norrie and then go on and finish on Murray. But with Kyle, you know, first round against 36-year-old Paolo Lorenzi, that should be a... You know, that should almost be a banker in my in my book. I know, I, I don't know, there might have been things around, you know, struggling with illness. I think he was, you know, he was cramping towards the end of the match. So I don't know if there's a, a, fit, a fitness question there and whether there was a fitness question going in, you know, into that match. But yeah, quite disappointing to see, yeah, to see him, you know, to, yeah, to see him go out in the first round when... I, I was hoping he, you know, would go a lot further. Yeah, I agree. I think we all had higher expectations. Um, but I do think, I think he has been struggling with some illness. Um, and it was, you know, pretty hot, wasn't it? Um, mm. he played, you know, I mean, he shouldn't, you shouldn't be cramping in a first round match at Slam against a 36-year-old. But mm. um, I don't know what's going on there. He hasn't really come out and said too much about it. So, yeah. But, well, let's, I think... Um, I think he's he's announced himself for the uh, Labour Cup, which I think is the week before Davis Cup, and I so I think he has around four, three or four weeks or so to kind of get himself ready. Uh, mm. And yeah, I think for yeah Labour Cup, and then I'm assuming Davis Cup as well. Um, let's move on to Cameron Norrie next of all. So. Yeah, I think he almost, for me, in terms of the 
male Brits comes out with the most credit. But even even having said that, he obviously beat Jordan Thompson in the first round, comes up against Dusan Leovic uh, of Serbia in the second round. And you think, yeah, you think that is a winnable tie. Cameron Norrie could be in the third round of the US Open. But sadly, yeah, he fell, he fell in, in four sets. Yeah, I think, you know, again, that match seemed winnable on paper. So, you know, that's the sort of matches he really needs to be willing to go yeah. further. But, you know, it's it's promising. At least, you know, he he got there. He got through that first match. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, he's a good, you know, we'll, we'll see how he does in the slams from here on. Yeah, well, exactly. I think he, I think I, I probably had... You know, of the Brits, I had the least expectation from him going in. So it was great to see him kind of win a, you know, win a match, get to the second round. But yeah, I just think he'll be thinking, ah, if I, I could have, you know, that was against Lajovic, you know, that was definitely winnable. Um, moving on, finally, to Andy Murray. Um, Andy Murray faced uh, James Duckworth in the first round. Uh, and that was his first... Grand Slam match since, ooh, I'm assuming since Sam Querrey at Wimbledon um, in 2017. And yeah, I watched that match. Did you, I don't know, did you, did you have a chance to watch that match? I didn't, I'm afraid. No, I was, I think I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't sleep off and watch it. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm, I, I thought he would get through James Duckworth. Mm. Um, I just don't know, I guess, physically how much it, took out of him. Um, yeah, I think it took a, it took, it took, I think James Duckworth was, was coming back from injury and he was in there on a wild card, I think, but he performed really well. He actually pushed Murray harder than I was expecting. And it was interesting to look at all of Murray's shots and kind of see, you know, how they were, how they were shaping up. And I did notice that Jim Courier was talking about on the on was on during the match they were comparing comparing particularly the double handed backhand speeds of Duckworth and Murray and yeah for me I was like Murray's double handed backhand you know when he was you know at his peak you know a few years ago was probably you know up there with Djokovic as like the best double handed backhand on tour um, but it was I think it was clear to me in that match that. He still needed to add. He's he's still getting there in terms of, you know, some of his shots and particularly like adding a bit more pace to you know to his ground strokes. Um, and it was quite evident, I think, you know, with his you know with his double you know double handed backhand from that match. But you know, obviously he came through it in four sets, and then faced uh, a very tricky opponent in Fernando Vadasco who I think was like the 30, 31st, 32nd seed. And for me, that match was all about, was all about the first set. They both, had, they both had opportunities. And I think if Murray had taken one of those opportunities and taken that first set, I think, I think we would have seen Murray win that match. But because Vadasco won that first set and he was, I, from there on, I kind of felt that, it was kind of going to be more of a, you know, an, an almost an attritional, an attritional battle. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, Vadasco is a hard player to break down at the best of times. Mm. He's extremely fit. So that was, that was, as I said, like 
kind of what I expected. Um, but uh, and then what Vadasco went on to lose to Yeah, we were denied but then I think you know that would have been maybe a whitewash. Um, and Del Potro is still still going. We've, we've, we didn't mention yeah. him earlier. Yeah, Del Potro call. is. Who's Del Potro facing? He's facing. Uh, I, I can't remember who's facing, but yeah, he's still he's still there. Number three seed. It will be you know it will be interesting to see how far he can go at the US. Obviously, he likes you know he likes playing there. It's still crazy to me, you know. He he beat Federer when Federer was his prime, as like a you know nineteen twenty year old or whatever. And um, he, you know, he will take some. He will take some. Be you know, take some some beating or take a really special performance. But you've obviously got other dangerous players in there. You know, Nishikuri is is one of them. Again, a lot of people I think are talking about him, but. You know, again, he has great kind of pedigree on on hard courts, and again, could go could go very deep. Yeah, I mean, he reached the final, didn't he? Before, so no one's really talking about Shigori. Mm. So, you know, certainly wouldn't rule him out to to get to the semis or you know. That was a it's a good um, good second week shaping up, I think. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up what our thoughts are on the men's draw. So let's now look at the women's draw. Now, oh, oh terrible, <laughs> terrible! Yeah. So, <laughs> kind of like with my Federer Djokovic uh, prediction, I think the only the one th- the one certainty I thought that was going to happen was Hallett getting to the final. No, she loses in the first round to Kaya Kanepi. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't know. In in hindsight, we should have maybe seen, not seen it coming, but Kaya Kanepi has, I think, reached yeah. like three quarterfinals at the US Open or something something like that. So she's, she's really still in it as well. You... She's still she's... in it, yeah. yeah. So um, um, I, I predicted Halep in the final, well, winning it. So I think a lot of people did, so we're all a bit gobsmacked. Um and yeah, I think that was first. one of those predictions that, like, a lot of people were saying. You know, Hallett. You know, she had the form. She had the form going into the tournament. Uh, I know that you know in her interview, uh, you know, journalists were asking, "Well, actually, did you almost play too many matches?" But you know, I, I don't think, I don't think so. I just think the you know better person won on the day. Um, I've got a couple of stats here. So Hallett is the first top-seeded woman ever to lose in the first round of the US Open. And also, more probably perhaps more interestingly, looking at Halep's career, so she has now played 34 Grand Slam tournaments, and she's lost in the first round in 12 of them. So she is developing almost this you could argue she's developing this record where she's either going big and going deep and potentially winning the Grand Slams or she's, she's making an explosive exit in, in the first round or, or whatever. Yeah. Or nothing. Well, I guess, um, yeah, maybe I won't predict her in future then. She's going to be so erratic. Um, 
but I mean, Serena's still going strong. Yeah, um, and slow, Stevens, Stevens as well. Yeah, Stevens is looking. Stevens is looking very good. Serena, once Serena dispatched her sister in the third round, you know, I'm almost can see a Serena Sloan semi final, and I would be all for that. That I think that would be a very very competitive matchup, good, very good, good match. very good match. Obviously, the crowd. I'll be interesting to see what the crowd reaction is. If they're just gonna, you know, whoop and cheer because they're American, or if they're gonna side with, you know, one American <laughs> over the other. But um, yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see who they go for. Um, and then, well, Kerber's out as well, yeah. so I think she was our other finalist. Yeah, she was on the other side so of the draw with Kvitova. Both both went out, and yeah, she's also got. So Kvitova went out to Sabalenka. Uh, we we kind of earmarked Sabalenka, Kvitova in the third round as having yeah. fireworks, but almost perhaps expecting Kvitova to win it. Wrong. Sabalenka has won it and goes on to face uh, American. Is it Kim Naomi Osaka? Oh, she's <laughs> Japanese, but <laughs> I thought she was American. But yeah, she she had. Naomi Osaka have been six love so oh, she's wow. essentially done a triple bank that's, that's, yeah. um, she's only lost seven games in her first yeah her first matches so she's on fire so that match is going to be so interesting that, yeah to see it's, they're both very young you as know. well apparently it's the the battle of the 20 year olds um and yeah Osaka Sabalenka that could be one of the picks probably for the you know the fourth round women's section uh, who, who would you call in that match uh oh well Sabalenka's probably you know the most on form in terms of what she's done before the tournament uh, but maybe she's kind of gonna get to that point where she's sort of a bit too tired you know whereas Osaka's probably a bit fresh yeah oh, I don't know maybe Sabalenka in three sets um but I think whoever wins that could go all the way to the I, final I agree that um, the bottom they're in the other, they're in the other yeah. half the, b- from the bottom half is looking a lot more open, I would say, than the top half. And uh, someone we didn't really even discuss in our preview episode, Sharapova, is kind of again mm-hmm. navigating navigating each match without any difficulty. Comes up against Ostapenko, beats her, I think, three and four into you know into the fourth round. Again, she she could ease she you know looking at her draw. Um, she could easily get to get to the semi-finals and potentially face, I think, Sabalenka or um, Sabalenka or Osaka. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if she keeps getting given night yeah. sessions, she seems to. She's never lost the night session at the US yeah, Open. Yeah, that's a that's a great um, stat. She's playing. She's playing Suarez Navarro uh, next, who beat Garcia in the last set tiebreak. Um, but yeah, I would imagine Sharapova would win that. And then, yeah, I mean, I can see her getting to the semis, but she is still so sort of error strewn at times and she can just throw in a horrible performance. So I wouldn't have my money on her winning or anything like that. But I mean, if Sharapova... I, if I said how would win. Yeah. <laughs> if Sharapova did... Um did come through her a fourth round match. I think she would face either uh, Madison Keys or Sybil Kova, who put out Kerber um, in the quarterfinals. So again, yeah, there's there's still there's a few very decent players there. You've also got Spitalina, 
Um, and then right at the bottom of the draw, you've got two unseeded players. You've got Vondrasova versus Serenko. Uh, and Vondrasova mm. put out Kiki Burtons, who won... Yes. Who won? Did she win Cincinnati or was it Rogers Cup? I forget. Um, she won Cincinnati, and then um, Serenko put out Wozniacki. I think was it second round. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, even, you know, I would you would never have predicted either of them getting to uh, to this stage. Um, but there's also Elise Mertens who's mm, still in. Yeah, uh, in the top. very consistent. So, <laughs> Mertens mixed up sometimes. Yeah, I, um, I know that everyone uh, on Twitter, everyone I've sort of seen a few people joke they want to see, and I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. Maybe not a Grand Slam, maybe on the just on the tour is a Mertens Burton's final. I think we'd all we'd all love the prospect. I'm sure all commentators are would love the prospect of something like that. Um, but yeah, Mertens, yeah. Uh, Merton, Lee's Mertens well also very consistent as well i think i read somewhere that her last six grand slams she's reached the she's reached the second week of that but she's been very consistent in getting you know almost to where her seeding would suggest that you know she she would get to um and yeah so that's kind of i think that kind of nicely sums up the big kind of players still left in in the draw there's two kind of there's two points I want to fi- lastly address with the, the women's tournament, and it's it's the Brits, but also the Elise Cornet shirt swap um, thing, uh, uh, warning that she she received. Um, so just to bring everyone oh. bring it bring everyone up to speed, Elise Cornet um, in her in one of her matches, uh, she had gone off the court with her opponent due to the extreme heat policy, had come back on, realised that her shirt was on back to front while she was at the back of the court. So decided to take her top off, uh, switch it round, and then, you know, and, and put it back on. But in doing so, she got a warning for, from the umpire. And this created massive controversy, and rightly so, because... You know, male male players take off their tops all the time to change, um, and you know don't receive warnings. And a lot of a lot of commentators are saying there's quite clear kind of double standards here. Yeah, I think it, it totally is. It's it's just ridiculous. I mean, she went to the back of the court. You know, she just changed. It's not like she was naked underneath. She had a you know sports, sports bra on or mm. whatever. How are men allowed to just you know whisk their tops off? You know, whenever they bloody well want a change of ends, and women, you know, the same. I just think that's it's outdated, it's sexist at the end of the day. Yeah. And yeah, I was pretty shocked actually when I heard about yeah. that, um, I, I, especially given the heat. You know, yeah, I think they probably would have wearing it inside out, you know, for sponsors' reasons or something, because mm. she probably couldn't win either way. I think, yeah, I do agree though. They, the USTA kind of acknowledged it and almost they. They came out again with another statement and, and they've changed that policy now. So I'm kind of glad. Yeah. I'm kind of glad this has happened in the sense that it's it's obviously clearly elicited change. So I'm I'm happy in that respect. But yeah, it's it was so like 
you know, it shouldn't have happened. I don't think it should have happened in, in the first place. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's kind of been res- almost resolved now. But very, very interesting, especially uh, women's clothing seems to, you know, um, been a very popular topic at the moment with comments coming out before the tournament around yeah. Serena Williams's cat suit at the French yeah. Open, which uh, the I think like the head of the head of the French Tennis Federation said that uh, that that outfit would be banned uh, next um, for follow you know in subsequent tournaments. So, uh, did you have any thoughts on that? Well, I just think that's again ridiculous. It's just policing women's bodies and clothing, and you know, it's a sporting outfit. Like, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just people should be able to wear whatever they want. You know, within within. I mean, I say within reason, but it's not like she was coming on court in like, you know, um, <laughs> I can't even think of an allergy. It's just it's so stupid. Yeah, I just think they would never. I just think it's it's yeah outdated again and pretty sexist um um and uh, yeah I mean the, the French Tennis Federation I don't know I think Serena should turn up next year and <laughs> wear another cat suit and just stick it to them yeah I, I, I'd be all for that to be honest um yeah especially yeah. because like you know Serena came out and said like that suit helps stop like blood blood clots forming or, or something exactly. there was some sort of science behind it and and like you know, if there is, if there are obvious health benefits to it that, you know, she needs, you know, that are ideal for her, you know, obviously coming out of, um, you know, having just given birth, then it's almost ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous that, you know, she shouldn't be able, shouldn't be allowed to wear it in the future. So, um, so yeah, there's been a few. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not like it was giving her a great sort of technical advice. Uh, it's not like I don't know if you are a fan of swimming but they all started wearing like the full piece suits um, and then they were all banned because they found that it gave such a big advantage but you know this is it's, I don't think I would, Serena's gonna beat you you know whether you like it or not whatever she's wearing I think most of the time so mm. yeah and I think for me kind of wrap, you know wrapping up both the women's and men's there's been you know, it's been quite a few controversial moments. It all kind of put together in this kind of first week um, of the US Open. You know, we've had, uh, you know, Kyrgios and Mohamed Leani. We have this Elise Corne incident. Uh, we haven't even touched, actually, on uh, the um, Murray Vadasco coaching. Was he being coached? Was he not incident during the heat, poly- uh, the extreme heat changeover? Where uh, Vadasco, where Murray claimed that Vadasco was being coached uh, by his, well, by was talking to his coach off court, which is you know not allowed to do. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of kind of con- controversial, uh, you know, controversial moments, but there's also been some fantastic matches as well. Now, moving on to doubles, I know Kim. Kim loves you. Love your kind of rogue doubles pairings in grand slams and we I've, yeah, I I've, do indeed. I've been looking at the I've been looking at the men's doubles and I see you know Jamie Murray and, and Bruno Suarez they're, they're progressing they're progressing nicely um and Domingot is yeah, also but... in there as well yeah Domingot's with uh is it Skugor he's Croatian they're playing um 
Brian and Sock in the next round. So that's going to be tough. Uh, I don't think they're going to win that. But yeah. The, the thing with the doubles here is that it's only best of three sets. So I think, I don't think there's as many interesting matches like you would get at Wimbledon, you know, like epic five set doubles matches. Yeah. But then there's probably a greater chance of, uh, you know, a quick upset. So you never know. Uh, but yeah, Jamie's doing well. Jamie is also doing well in the mixed doubles. Mm. He's playing with the uh, thematic sounds. That's a really um, she's such a she's such a laugh. She's such a personality. So um, and then you've got you know um, the Harrison brothers. They're playing together. Yeah. Who are they playing? Ryan Kim? Harrison. Who are they playing? Kim. One of my favourite players. Who are they playing? One of my favourite players. Your favourite. Chiziri <laughs> and what, Ranu Al. Yeah. Oh, what. A match. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you've got the uh, you know. Herberts and Mahoos of the world, Cabals and Farahs, mm. those sort of classic players are still going strong. Yeah. So, yeah, it's shame. I think Jamie Murray's got an excellent chance mm. of. Um, well, I think they're the. This one. I think they're. Uh, the, I. Are Marie and Suarez the third seeds? Or, they... or third or four. Oh, okay. Because uh, the top two, the top <laughs> two seeds are the top two seeds are out. So, um, they've got. I think they've got a very good chance. I think. I mean, think for me, you know, Jack Sock and Mike Bryan are potentially going to be the hardest, you know, the hardest yeah. opposition that they could potentially they could potentially face. So, um, so yeah, that is that that will that will be interesting to see from British point of view. I think, um, yeah, if Jamie Murray, the further Jamie Murray goes, um, I just hope that. I know it's doubles and I don't know if it gets televised as much on Amazon Prime because they don't have all the ports covered. So I'm just hoping that, you know, if British fans want to watch, you know, Jamie Murray, that they that they are able to. Yeah, I'm sure as, as it went on, you know, semis, final, they would they would show it. But um, yeah, the other interesting thing is that um, quite a few of the women's players are still in the singles draw are actually also playing doubles. So Sabalenka oh, okay. mm-hmm. is playing doubles. Oh yeah, she's playing with that's, um, that's surprising. I can never say the name right way, who's a really nifty little player. Mm, yeah. Um so they're, they're up in the doubles. I'm surprised Sabalenka Elise doubles. Yeah. I think she's played a lot of tennis lately. Yeah. Um, but Elise Mertens is also in the doubles. Okay. Ash Barty. Okay. Who incidentally still well, in the singles, I think she's been playing she right playing, now, as we speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's playing um, Carolina. Oh, Pliskova, who we haven't talked about at all. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so many names. Um, I, I I, think women's doubles, I think Babos and Mladenovic might get it. They're the second season. Mm-hmm. They're still going strong. Interesting. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean... Your, I mean, yours and my predictions from last week don't give me confidence in your, you know, your predictions this week. But you know, I'm, you're more than happy to to prove you're more than happy to prove me wrong. Um, so we've now covered men's singles, women's singles, men's doubles, women's doubles, mixed doubles, and we're going to finally move on to any other business uh, coming towards the end of uh, today's show, tonight's show, and Kim. I know the US Open is on at the moment, but I think everyone is forgetting there is a big challenger event going on in Mallorca. But is Bernard, Bernard Tomic is playing? 
Yes, and he's two points from victory. I've just been live scoring because um, I'm living in Mallorca at the moment and it's at the Rafa Nadal Academy. So it's the first year they've hosted it. And so I popped over yesterday to have a look. Um, and it's actually, yeah, a really nice little tournament. Is it clay? Um, Bernard Tomic. Yeah. Is it Sorry? a clay tournament? No, it's it's outdoor hardcore. Really? Um, <sighs> it's free. Yeah, it's free to go in. Um, and then if you do go, you can have a look around like the museum and um, you can see all Rafa's trophies and everything. Oh, so it's well right. worth going over to the academy anyway. And, um, but yeah, it's a nice little tournament. Um, saw Bernard Tomic against Kenny DeShepper. And who else was there? Matthias Backinger against uh, Enrique Lopez Perez. So um, yeah, it was nice to see some live tennis. Mm-hmm. And I think Bernard Tomic is about to win. So. Mm-hmm. And Dan, um, yeah, Dan Evans was well. Dan Evans was there. He reached the doubles final, but pulled out. Um, it was a walkover. So, um, yeah, it was a nice little tournament. Um, it, and it was nice to just have a wander around, you know, the academy and get a bit of a glimpse of what's going on there. It's uh, when you say outdoor hardcore, uh, outdoor hardcore tournament, though, the Rafael Nadal Academy. I, for some reason, I just expected it to be a clay tournament, but uh, <laughs> well, obviously not. Yeah, um, I've been to the academy before, so I knew it probably would be hardcore because that's all of the courts they've got, like, outdoors. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it would have made sense to to have been in But, um, yeah, if anyone happens to be in Mallorca um, on the last week of August next year, um, then yeah. you pop down um, and, Well, uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for uh, giving us your personal account of uh, your trip. Uh, to the Mallorca, to the Mallorca. What's it called? Is it the Mallorca Challenger? It's the okay. Nadal Open. No, it's okay. the Rafa Nadal Open. Is, is the official. Right. Name. So, um, so, yeah, uh, so thanks, yeah. thanks for that. I'm sure more, many more Rafa fans are going to make that pilgrimage um, in in years in years to come. Um, and thanks for your uh, thoughts on the uh, on the US Open so far as well. I know we've been talking about how terrible our predictions are, and we want to kind of involve we want to involve our listeners with this because we want to basically create a forfeit for the person who has the worst predictions. You get the least the least results right, kind of going in. I think it's probably me at the moment. Uh, so we're gonna. We just want anyone, anyone who's listening. If you've got a forfeit in mind for the person who makes the the worst predictions, please, uh, please write them in. Please send them in. You can uh, contact the show uh, by tweeting us or on our Facebook channel um, or following us on our Instagram and just kind of commenting on, on a post. Uh, and you can also um, submit your forfeits to us by email uh the passing shot gsm at gmail.com um and yeah i think that kind of for me wraps up wraps up the show uh have you got any final thoughts kim uh no i think um one one thing we didn't mention oh, yeah. was uh was Joe Conter best, going out in the first round <laughs> that was and the and the fact that we didn't mention Watson that, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, has lost. She's she oh, has not Watson, won yeah. a match at the U.S. Open first round proper. She's lost eight. I think she's now lost eight times um, in the first round at the U.S. Open, which is crazy <laughs> considering 
that she like a long time ago now was um she was the junior she was a junior champion so uh yeah yeah no maybe she's just going for a, a new record you know most amount of <laughs> yeah first round defeats um but no i mean i'm looking for mm. interest to see what happens over the next actually i think in the women's tournament i think that's that's um mm. very interesting with the likes of Sabalenka yeah what they can and what we'll do is we'll do a we'll do a roundup show of of week two kind of similar to week one uh and we'll look at the second week we'll look at the fourth round through to the finals in the the men's singles lady singles all the doubles we'll keep you the passing shot we'll keep you covered fan coverage um, of the us open and yeah, remember, feel free to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor, and follow us on social media. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.